0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox.
1: Yes, we are. Oh, my God We are.
2: We are back. I haven't talked to
1: you since September. And I haven't wanted to talk to you since September. How have you been? You know, a little, little this, a little of that. No, Batman's Head on a Lance. What was huh? that? I Jack Nicholson, the, the best Batman movie ever. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton's. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas? No. So, yes. So we're back. I mean, I'm telling you. It's been a while. People have been clamoring for uh, us to be... We have had like, how many? One email? One weekly. People have literally stopped me on the street and Probably said, your stay church. away from my children. <laughs>
2: We have had like one person a week yes, emailing. Yes, it, and
1: it's been so kind of One them.
2: even asks, are you guys okay? <laughs> <I don't. laughs>
1: Relatively speaking.
2: We are okay, just lazy.
1: Yes. But to <laughs> let you know, there was our normal break. Which we were aiming for like a six to eight week break at the in
2: the fall. Because mm-hmm. we had recorded for about six months. Correct.
1: And then we had technical problems. Our that- stupid
2: program on our computer wouldn't work. Yes. And I worked on it for hours and then finally called Billy, our producer. And he came over several days later. We had dinner here
1: at the house. And he fixed it in like in about 30 seconds. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. You just plug it in. That's your problem. <laughs> so technical issues delayed. Yes. And then we had uh, kind of a tragedy in the family. Papa, which is Beth's dad, my Josh's grandfather, grandfather my father in law. Sort of the patriarch of the family, really the only grandparent left. Yeah, in on ours anyway, and he passed away after hospital skilled nursing, then hospice. Then holy, yeah. There's a man. two to three week
2: period that all mom and dad did was hospice. Yeah, with him, and so
1: that would have been tough to record. It was something which, by the way, which we said, hey, that's not a bad thing to talk about. Not going to do that today, but that's probably going to work its way. Into our discussions because that is something that every family goes through, and it's just—it was interesting watching you, as opposed to the other of our children, about well, do we do we let him seem like this? Do we let him seem when the he's open so casket. sick? Well, even when he was so sick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. well, we don't want him, you know, the kids to remember him this way or you know whatever. So that's something that hits every family. We'll probably talk. about I that. I definitely wanted them to remember him that way. mm Hmm. It was your goal? Yeah, because that's the only thing they would remember.
2: Just him in the bed, in hospice. Yes. And and then tongue then tongue in, in cheek. Tongue in, and in cheek. In the
1: casket. Yeah. No, they're going to remember the good times. Yes. Him yelling <laughs> while playing 42. <laughs> anyway, so today we're going to be talking about, uh, we, we made up our list of... Hold on, hold on, hold
2: on, hold on. Give me like one good thing that happened to you the past six months since it's been that long.
1: Well, it's been four months. I went on the post-Thanksgiving... Just don't eat everything in sight diet Mm -hmm. and dropped like 15 pounds. 15? Mm -hmm. Since we last spoke? Mm -hmm. Your gut does not reflect that. No, it doesn't. Or, well, if you'll look, I no longer have five chins. I just have three. Your chin reflects that. Yes. I have more chins than a Chinese phone book. Hello.
2: That's offensive to some of our viewers. Well, sometimes the truth hurts, honey. No, you got to say Asian phone book. But still, that's probably offensive.
1: Or oriental.
2: Uh, one thing that Katie and I were commenting after the funeral, uh, Jimbo did it um, as the preacher in the family. You just always have to do funerals. <clears throat> and obviously, his father-in-law passed. There was, And my grandfather. There was a lot of emotion spread around. And so during his talk, he cried because it's a no-brainer. People cry. That's what I do. But Katie said, I'd never necessarily seen Jimmy that emotional and my follow-up was me neither i'd never seen his his chins wag that much
1: oh oh just oh wait a second (laughs) oh let me pull the the knife it's right (laughs) under the rib cage ah wow wow we wow 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 so that's
2: when you know Mm -hmm. that this was a meaningful person is when your chins wag
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes Correct.
2: But I did not notice your lack
1: of chins, but congrats. Mm, Thank you. I think now I've put them back on (laughs) since all the hospice and and all the. Yes. Anywho, so today we're going to talk about something along the lines of marriage. And we wanted to kind of start off this year and kind of our, you know, reapproaching this with this concept of love anyway. And I would just start off that this is Gary Thomas. This is his thing from, I think, uh, Devotions for a Sacred Marriage. You've heard us talk about this before, when people come into counseling, it is almost guaranteed that they are there to gripe about their partner. That's why they're there. They wouldn't be there if their partner was different. And they're not wrong. They're not lying. Yep. What they're saying about their partner is, from their point of view, absolutely correct. Yep. Uh, and what that partner says about them is absolutely correct. When people come in, one of the biggest things you have to do is move them off of that Entrenched position that I am right, they are wrong, and the sooner counselor you fix them, the better. Then I'll work on myself. Yes. The problem with this is, is well,
2: uh, let me say it's a natural reflex. Absolutely. Reflex. When we when we're triggered by the single handedly most outside of our relationship with God, most important relationship here on earth, the most intimate, the most Laid bare, we are when we're triggered in that type of relationship. It is so easy for love to become conditional.
1: Oh, absolutely. The you know, and again, it's almost this natural self-protective thing. We we forget that there are none that are righteous. No, not one, and that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That we are all sinners. That we all make mistakes. We all make bad choices. Everybody does. But to your point, you know, it's kind of our f- defensiveness is sort of our fallback position. These folks, they they enter into the counseling room and they focus on the negatives of their relationship. In fact, they fixate on the negatives of their relationship. When in reality, and a lot of times you help, you know, kind of guide them toward, you know, probably 90% of y'all's relationship is really, really good. And yet this 10% is just blotting out the sun. So this natural defensiveness, which makes us feel resentful toward our partners for what they're not doing for us, is sort of what the problem is.
2: But I would also say at the end of the day, so love, it easily becomes conditional Mm -hmm. when we're triggered. But I could make a strong case for conditional love not necessarily being the purest of loves. I might not even necessarily call it, you know, a love, right? If, if my love is conditional towards you, at some levels you don't necessarily have, what's the word? It's the different types of love used in Scripture. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, don't make me throw Greek on it,
2: Because uh, I will uh,
1: flat throw agape. down the Greek. Agape, there mm-hmm. we
2: go. Look at that, my seminary education. Yes,
1: which is unconditional
2: love. Yeah, and that's obviously what we should be striving for. And so we really have to be self-reflective if we notice within ourselves this
1: conditional love. Where most of us are is the Greek word phileo, where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. You love me and I'll love you back. Minus You stop loving minus me. Minus eros. Is that a Spanish actor? Isn't that sexual love? That is. I love for what I can get out of it. That's I love pizza. It can be eros. Where we get erotic? Yes.
2: That's what my love for Katie is. It's like my love for pizza.
1: Which is why you're talking about the Greek. It is odd that in English, our word love, we use the same thing. I love my wife. I love pizza. I love the cowboys. We don't have another word. But in the Greek, they did. And so we are striving for agape, which is I'm going to love whether anything comes back or not. Holy cow. That looks good in a big book you carry to church.
2: Yes, and it's like, that sounds impossible. And it is. That's why we have to be on our knees pray, yes. praying and reading Scripture. Speaking uh, of And scripture,
1: incorporating God into this. I would like to read from God's Holy Word. You're going to pull out Scripture today? That's mm-hmm. what I do. Wow. Mm-hmm. I ain't ordained for nothing. Know what I'm saying? No, no, I don't know what I'm saying. So Luke chapter 6, and I love Thomas. He's great at like taking Scriptures that you normally would not put when you're thinking about relationships, but they're dead on. And and he does the same thing here. He's This is Jesus in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 32. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners, pagans, love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? I told Bank of America that just the other day. Not that <laughs> they didn't. No, they, they didn't, didn't really. They didn't care. I don't. I think they're uh, they're non-believers. <laughs> <laughs> then your reward will be great. And well, where am I? Oh, if you lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward is going to be great, and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful. He's kind to the wicked. So be merciful just as your father is merciful. Still sinners. Mm -hmm. Amen. Still sinners. Yep. We didn't have to clean up our act for God to love us. Therefore, our goal is not to demand that our spouses clean up their act before we love them. And we're not talking about, as we've said on here before, we're not talking about, you know, game changers. We're not talking about uh, the the extremes. The extremes, of course. You know, yes, there are boundaries. Love them and let them hit
2: you in the face. Yes. There
1: are boundaries within marriage but for the most part again our love cannot be conditional we are we are to love those people that don't love us back because if you have a spouse who is nurturing is kind is encouraging is just very thoughtful and just just desires to to jump on you sexually as much as possible and just it's it, me and Katie yeah it's uh, well okay who's not gonna love that person mm-hmm Anyone would love that person. Oh, you know, that's right. But we're called, and again, we take scriptures, okay, I'm supposed to love lost people. We're called first and foremost to our spouse, to our family. Therefore, we're to love our spouses, whether they're loving us back or not, whether we're receive, whether our needs are getting met from them or not. That's sort of unpleasant to think about. But again, if if someone was in a car wreck and they couldn't have sex with you for the rest of their lives, what? It's like, oh, okay, we'll see you. I got to go have some, you find somebody I can have sex with. Mm-hmm. No.
2: Nope.
1: You're called to your spouse till death, do you part, and you're to love them anyway. I love you because, in spite of all the faults, yeah, not, not because, because you're perfect. Yep. You love anyway. And that idea of I love you regardless, I don't love you because. Because as soon as you say, I, and this is a lot of Valentine's cards, I love you because you're the rays in my sunshine. You're the, because you do this and because you, and all that make you Could true. you come
2: up with another
1: rays in the sunshine? Another? Because you are. The feather the, in my cap. The poop in my punch bowl. <laughs> what? You got poop in your punch well, bowl? I don't know. That's another.
2: Can I talk now? Yes, please. I think a lot of us, a lot of us treat our children better than our spouses.
1: Without question, and so except in our case, because I treated your mother a lot better than you. <laughs> I do I, I, you know I that's love right. her. I love her a lot more. So
2: I'll often say when I'm like talking and to people and trying to describe kind of the difference in how we treat our children as opposed to our spouse. Like I will purposely, you know, when I'm putting the kids down at night, whisper sweet nothings into their ear and. You know, I think I've mentioned this on the show as well, but I love you. You're such a good boy. I'm so proud of you. And you know why I'm proud of you? Just because you're you. Yes. I'm just bringing that heat. Yes. Unconditional, positional worth. And then and when... Katie, it's
1: scoot over your feet are cold.
2: Yes. When we go to bed, it's like, good night, Katie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it.
2: And that's just a micro- I mean, it's a small yes. example of an overall truth that I- I feel like my kids are this blank slate that I need to build them up and encourage them and be nice to them. because, And it's our spouses. Wow, they should know better. Mm-hmm. They're just as sinful as our kids. Right. They don't. We as spouses don't know better. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to begin. Part of my solution is conceptualizing your spouse like a six-year-old child that doesn't know how to do marriage just like you don't. Mm-hmm. That we we are about and should be about building our spouses up and not just assuming that they know better because we don't.
1: And again, it's one of those things of quite a large amount of hypocrisy. When Jesus died on the cross. I've always loved this 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 word picture and I forgot who said it. So please everyone attribute this to me. But when Jesus was standing, you know, when when we talk about that Jesus died for our sins, he died for sinners. When he actually, actually died, all he was looking at were the soldiers that were gambling for his clothes. They were laughing at him. They were giving him vinegar and spit to drink. And these were the people that he said, Father, forgive them. He died for them. He died for us in all of our sin. And he loved us anyway anyway. And for us to go, yes, Lord, love me in spite of all my sins, but now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to demand that people meet my needs. And I'm I'm only going to love you and express my love to you if you do everything right and you meet all of my needs. I mean, it's very much like the unmerciful servant. You know, he's forgiven a million bucks and then he turns around and someone owes him 10 bucks he has them thrown into jail. We are called to love our spouses I think you're right. I think sometimes it's easier to love our children unconditionally and love them anyway. But we're called to love our partners exactly the same way. We are called, we are commanded to love our spouses anyway, not just because.
2: And oh, by the way, you also require being loved anyway. Mm -hmm. So
1: get off your high horse.
2: It's so easy to see me when my eyes are on me. Isn't that the same? No.
1: What's the same? Thank you, though. It's so easy to stay green.
2: <laughs> what is
1: it? It ain't easy being green. That's Kermit the Frog. It's so hard to see, see when my eyes are my on eyes me.
2: Eyes are on Keith Green. Me. Keith Green. Huh? How about that? Keith you Green. Kermit a the Frog reference.
1: Yes. But that you don't know the lyrics to Keith Green is evidence of your spiritual shallowness.
2: That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Love anyway, not because. Preach it, brother. And that includes this show. Yes. We need you to love it, love it anyway.
1: Even though we're sort of boring <laughs> and inconsequential.
2: And not because yes. we offer anything. Correct. We need Eros love of us. Mm-hmm. Did I get that one right? Yes, you did.
1: No. Agape.
2: Phileo love of us. No. Agape. Agape. We need Agape, my Greek teacher would be really upset, mm-hmm. who my Greek teacher was also dad's best friend in college. Yes. Isn't
1: I. that weird? Gary Grambling. And I personally got him through his Greek classes. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> and to think, I was at his dorm room, Gary, please, please, <laughs> just, just give me I a piece of paper with the answers. I this is supposed to be Eros. I get Spanish and Greek confused. <laughs> I do sound
2: Spanish when I say Eros, you do. don't I? <laughs> Eros. Eros.
1: <laughs> Por favor.
2: If you want more information about this episode or any of the previous episodes that we aired three years ago, please go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can find us on our socials there, as well as uh, news and information about yours truly and the ma- the man behind the glass, Dr. Jimmy Myers.
1: That would be Billy is behind the glass.
2: We hope that you have a wonderful day. Not that we have today. glass.
1: We don't have glass.
2: And uh, yeah, take care. See ya.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.